Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you today because we always do. Um, we have Brassfield, Brassfield that's coming on, and they've got, they've got a great sound to them. They're a trio, but we only got the duo part of them today, which is still pretty cool. Though. Um, and yeah. I think you're going to love them. So, so are y'all here? We're here. You know, it's funny. I, I, you know, I said Brasser at first because we got a company in Savannah called Brasser, and I guess that kind of made me think of. <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't mess up the name, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, how are y'all doing? We're doing great. How about you guys? Doing pretty good. Doing well. Just trying to get through all this virus stuff, and how, you know, with yeah. us, it's. You know, we, we all the shows doing for us on the phone and stuff. So, how is it for y'all right now? Well, it's definitely different. Um, it's challenging at times. We haven't done a show since what they uh, March the. March. Yeah, I think so. We've had at least probably more at this point, but at least fifty shows canceled. No. Oh wow. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> it's been really weird. <laughs> um, but but what it has um, been able to do, we've been able to write a whole lot, and um, mm-hmm. I produce, I produce mm-hmm. the songs we write in my studio, and um, so I've been able to work a lot on our projects and just getting ready to go in and record. So we've, we've been really focused throughout all, all this, so that's good. Yeah, we've still been trying to be productive, um, even though you know, we're staying at home. Yeah, and we're, we're so used to doing three, four-hour shows a day for like five days a week, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. So we're getting to save our voices, which is nice, um, because we're getting ready, like I said, ready to go in and record. So that's kind mm-hmm. of important. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah like, like with us, I remember when all this virus, I mean, we just launched the show in January 3rd. Mm-hmm. And you're actually our 109th um, interview since January oh, 3rd. Oh, wow. Y'all been busy. And I remember, yeah, especially lately, yeah. I remember when, when the – when the whole shutdown started, I told Sandy, this is our time to shine. Because, again, you know, when, mm-hmm. everything, when everybody's back open and all that, sometimes it's hard to get the schedules right and all that. But right now, everybody's free. I was like, this is our time to really just bump it up. And, boy, we have we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> we're trying to prove ourselves out there with a new show and all that. And we're right. thankful for the people that's that's come on and I think the work ethic behind what we've done is really getting out there because because everybody's like that's a lot of shows and 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 you know sometimes you don't realize how many shows it is because you know you, we have so much fun doing this like this week we've done we eight, love it. this will be our our mm-hmm. eighth interview this week and that's yeah. since Tuesday wow that's awesome well we're honored to be a part of it <laughs> and we appreciate y'all being on we so do. as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and where you're from and a brief overview about you. Okay. I'll, I guess I'll start. Um, I'm Jesse Rose Brassfield. Uh, I was born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. I moved to Nashville, uh, I guess, going on eight years ago. And uh, I've been writing and singing and playing piano my whole life, and yeah. uh, when I moved to Nashville, I met Chadley, who became 
my boyfriend, and then he became my husband. <laughs> We've been together for almost eight years, just as long as I um, you know, have lived in Nashville. And um, we are in a group together now, and it's just the best thing ever. It's the biggest blessing um, to mm-hmm. get to and be with my husband um, all the time. It's amazing. Yeah. We know that family. Feeling. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. It's a family affair, and um, it's like I said, we're the married couple. And then Bradley just had a baby yesterday, and he's also in the trio. And um, man, it's just been a, a lot congrats of congrats for him. Yeah, yeah. Me and Justin yeah. celebrated four years of marriage yesterday, yeah. so we just had a oh, wow. a big. So yeah, man, it's been it's been great. We're just up here trying to we're getting ready to go into the studio and record with Paul Worley and. Um, we write, you know, four four days, five days a week, whatever our schedule allows. And we've mm-hmm. kind of been doing this for eight years. It's just a grind, you know. But we yeah. we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And, and we definitely get what what you're talking about about the family thing, um, husband and wife being together. I mean, Sandy and I have been married 17 years now. Um, wow. Going on 18, and we've been mm-hmm. a 24/7 couple the whole time. That's how Sandy and I are, too. And what's funny about all that is we've been an outcast all our marriage because people – even – I mean we, we, we're big heavily in the church and all that. So even in the church community, we're like an outcast couple. I never felt like I fit in anywhere until this crazy music stuff because we're running into a lot yeah. of couples like y'all that live like this, too. And we're like, oh, this is cool. We're not alone here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, sometimes I meet other musicians who tell me that there's no way that they could be in a business with their wife, and and I'm like, well, you, your wife must not be as awesome as Jesse because um, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't picture it any other way. Um, I mean, as a matter yeah, of fact, I, I've had it the other way around, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I just love love being with her, and it's just so much fun. And plus, we write so well together. We just we're very creative together. We feel like we make a really good team. Um, creatively as well as mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And that's like us too. We, you know, everything we do, there's things that that she's got the strength in that I don't, and we just we just are compatible ever since day one. And the funny thing is, we actually met online back in February second of '02, talked on the phone for the first time February fourth, set a wedding date by February eighteenth, and, oh, and met in person March. <laughs> and we set a wedding. Yeah. The funny thing is, we met in person March fourth. So here it is. She flew from Kentucky down to Savannah to come meet me. So Aww. we were we were meeting to see who we were about to marry. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you, you talk about how much you love being the twenty four seven couple. I set out to be that. I remember years ago, I. I I felt like God was leading me online to find that wife, and I had one deal breaker, only one. Well, of course, being a, you had to be a Christian. You had to at least have those beliefs. But outside yeah. of that, I had one deal breaker. I, and I, as I chat with people, the one question I would ask, and it depends on how, how they answer whether I pursue any further. And that one question was, if it were possible, would you live a 24-7 marriage to build a legacy together? Huh. If they, if they even can, and again, I, I didn't want to do one of these bait and switch where, you know, where I marry you, 
And then, oh, by the way, I'd like to spend more time with you. No, I wanted yeah. to find somebody that agreed with – and I remember Sandy was the only one that did this. But, but back then, she said, her exact words were, I've never heard of that kind of marriage, but if that were even remotely possible, that would be awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. And, and, and here we are, and 17 worked. years later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, congratulations. Y'all did a great job. Seven oh, years. thank you. So as you know, you know, music is your passion, of course. And sometimes people can go so far into it to where they have no hobbies, no nothing, and there's no balance. So what are ho- some hobbies y'all like to do outside of music? Oh, outside of music. I love basketball and golf. I love sports as well. So I've got a 10-year-old boy, and um, I love oh, wow. him basketball and golf and football, anything, really. So. Mm-hmm. I love, I love um, anything creative, so I love doing crafts. And I love oh, baking, cool. making beautiful baked goods. I love when she bakes
before my brother was born, um, I rode on the bus. We traveled with Dad. One of my earliest memories is actually um, being at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas where my dad was playing a show. And mm-hmm. uh, they bought a toy piano from the gift shop. That's one of my earliest memories, is being on the road with my dad. And um, her dad is still touring. I think they're celebrating 56 years, which is second only to the Rolling Stones. Um, Wow. Isn't that incredible? And they're still so great. They're gone strong. And they still like each other, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, that's important. Yes. (laughs) So what drives y'all? Um, what drives me? That's a good question. That made me like stop and think. <laughs> um, I don't know what drives me. I feel like I'm just I'm pretty insatiable as an individual. I feel like so I, I feel like I wake up every day just the pursuit of accomplishing what I have always dreamed of probably drives me a lot. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. raised in a family where my mom and dad both worked hard, so I think I was, I just kind of grew up knowing that you had to work, you know, because we didn't grow up rich mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. Um, I hope that's the right answer. I guess that's the right answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would add to that. That's a great answer. Uh, I would also say um, both of us work really hard at our craft, so we mm-hmm. wake up every morning to be better. So mm-hmm. whatever that means, if it's working on our songwriting, if it's doing vocal exercises, if it's practicing our instruments, um, we we both want to always strive to be great at what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, one of the things that dri- kind of drives us, I think, <clears throat> um, right now is um, I don't want to live my – you know, I, I would rather die broke than to live with this wonder what if because we've had the – I've had this what if for a little bit of time because we actually originally launched – New Country Buzz back in 2014, and it grew really fast back then for being back then. I mean, social media was really just getting started, so we were at like 4,000 fans even back then um, yeah. at that point. So we, you know, and for back then, that was pretty good. It wouldn't be for, it's not that great now, but back then, it would be pretty good. And it grew really fast, and we were running it about a year, and we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini, which was pretty cool, uh, before everybody knew who she was. But some things happened. For personal reasons, I felt I had to. We had to shut things down, and I remember I felt like a piece of me fell out of my heart at that point. Because once music's in you, it's in you, and I felt like, man, you know, I just felt like empty on a piece of me on that. And in fact, I tried to push it away so much that I even let go of the domain, New Country Buzz. And the crazy thing is, every six months, I'd look up on GoDaddy and up, nobody's bought it. Up, nobody's bought it. Up. Six months, and I remember thinking, God, all I kept thinking was, what if? What if we'd have stuck? What if, What if? So finally, and I don't live my life that way. Normally, I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm one that will just go all in, and if I fail, I I would rather fail miserably than not have that what if on me. So finally, at the yeah. end of 2018, I told Sandy, I think we need to relaunch New Country Buzzing, and finish what we started. And she was like, Oh, let's do it. Let's go. And little did we know that we'd be launching a little show this year, you know, a year, oh. a little bit over a year later, and here we are. But again, there's one, and and to me, I think that's kind of what drives me because I know, I kind of know what it feels like to wonder what if, 
So when y'all look back at y'all's career so far, what are some highlight moments where you're like, wow, we got to do that? Um, oh, that's a great question. Okay, so last year we got to sing at a benefit show um, in front of Chris Stapleton, Brad Paisley, and Peyton Manning. Well, we were oh, wow. by Peyton Manning to the benefit. And um, I love Peyton Manning. He got up at the end and actually um, – sang with us on Rocky Top, which is pretty awesome. Um, so mm. I know that's probably a silly highlight, but oh, I, just, I look back no? on that, and that's really awesome. Um, meeting, <laughs> meeting, our current, meeting our current manager and our current producer was highlight yeah. because um, in this town, sometimes it just isn't about talent, and I can't tell you the amount of doors that we knocked on trying to get open and just you know, it was always met with no mm-hmm. one at the door. No one would open the door and even give us a shot to even be wow. heard. And I remember mm-hmm. um, I, I was working with an artist because me and Jesse write with a lot of different people and a lot of different mm-hmm. artists aside from my own career. And I, I was working with an artist from Louisiana, and I remember thinking, okay, you know what, I'm going to go to another meeting today, and it's probably going to fail, but I'm going to try my hardest anyway. <laughs> um, and I said, I'll be back in probably like an hour, so why don't y'all just take a lunch break? And so we went to Paul Worley's office, which Paul Worley is a legendary producer. And um, I just thought that it was just going to be another meeting, you know, honestly. I think yeah. I, he probably the same way. And um, he just, I, I think the last thing he said to us was, you'll remember this day for the rest of your life. We'll look back on this and remember yeah. this. And I remember thinking, wow, that did not go as I thought it would. I'm so happy. <laughs> and so that's a highlight for me. Jess, you want to answer now? Uh Let's see. Um, gosh, we've gotten to do a lot of cool things. Uh, <laughs> one, we took a really fun trip um, in talking about how one person was like a game changer for y'all. I, I kind of have that kind of experience for our show so far. Um, back in the early day, days, it's, funny, it's only been five months for the show. Still, it's early days to me. But I guess we probably had 20, 30 interviews under our belt. And, of course, you're not going to get anybody major yet um, yeah. early on. But, but it felt like I was spinning my wheels and I kept getting turned, and it was this one person I really wanted on our show. And I felt like I had a chance because I kind of knew her family. But, you know, once you're signed with a label, that don't matter. 
<laughs> and and so of course I got turned down for that, and I was a little depressed. And I was like, well, dang, you know, what are we even doing here? Because because we like, you know, yes, we will always be for the smaller artists, but we want to be all different artists, and and we still we we're just like an artist. We want to grow too. We'd love to have one day Blake Shelton on the show and stuff like that, you know. So we want to yeah. grow too. And I remember being frustrated this day, and it was like, and it was like an hour later, I got this email, and this PR company says we'd love to have six of our. So I just lost one, and we'd have, we'd like to have six of our artists on your show. I was like, whoa, oh really? So so I'm scrolling through the list, and one of them popped out at me. I I seen Anna Christina Cash on there. And I had I, I wasn't sure who she, I was I was wondering if she was part of the Cash family. Come to find out, she's married to John Carter Cash. And, wow. Um, and I'm sitting there like, oh oh my God, this you know after what just happened, this is like like a big breakthrough for me. And so I emailed back says we would love to do all six, but if possible we'd like to do Anna first. And they agreed. They set we set it up. We did Anna, and because Anna came on the show and it went so good. That's the reason we got Georgette Jones, we got Carlene Carter, we got um, Jenny Gill. So, wow. so she was kind of the breakthrough for some of the legacy chi- um, kids for us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, and, you know, and, and then that only builds from there because once you have them, then you'll have others willing to give you a chance. And, and then we've had, you know, uh, you know, We've had people on there. Now, our biggest fan base of people we've had was 500,000 fans was, was Emmy Sunshine. we got another one coming next week's 500,000 fans. So, you know, again, we want to interview all people. You know, I don't want to, you know, if we ever get like a Blake or something, the goal is not – the goal of our show will never be to interview only big artists. That will never be that. No. The goal my, – my ultimate goal is actually to be where we interview four – to five rising artists a week and maybe one or two big artists a week. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's a, that's a great goal. Yeah. I feel like me and Jesse take that approach to who we choose to write with. You know, like mm-hmm. it, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you write with huge hit songwriters that have had massive hits, but you just don't mm-hmm. gel together. And songwriting yeah. is so, it, it's so um, what do you call like um it's so it's so hard to get in a room with somebody and be so open, and so it's yeah. important. So Got to be vulnerable. Who, exactly. Who, when we pick who we write with, especially if it's not for us, if it's for someone else's career, we pick, we don't mm. just look at streaming numbers and and how many fans they have. We look at their talent, and it doesn't matter yeah. if they've got two. It, it doesn't matter how many fans they've they got. They got the talent. Still, yeah. And if we have chemistry with them, especially the chemistry yeah. thing. That really but. We, we do a lot of writing for other people, and it's important to not – I know so many people that all they want to do is write with the hit songwriters, but they're missing out on a world of upcoming oh, talent yeah. that, you know, like that could be the next hit songwriter. And, mm-hmm. um, exactly. That, well, well, that's well look, we, we just interviewed um, um, Lance Carpenter, and he told us the story oh. about how, how he – did the um, that his first number one hit where him and Kelsey Ballerini and a few of them got together and she wasn't nobody yet and they just wrote yeah. a song and but they but yeah. again they they didn't look for this big artist to write they didn't look for this big song they were all kind of unknown 
and they wrote a yeah. song. And I think he said when it got pitched out to people before it got got to Kelsey's hands, it got pitched out to people. And and I think he said he got a response like saying, "Now's not the time for this particular song." Yeah. And so so it was like two it was like a year or two later I think it was two years yeah, later he said that around that that Kelsey got signed to that mm-hmm. label that said that mm-hmm. and <laughs> they thought that that song would fit perfect for Kelsey. Wow. And it became her first number one. Wow, that's crazy. There's no formula. <laughs> There's no and formula. It's one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what people tell us. When it comes to me, and I try to tell people too, you know, when it comes to music or even what we do with the hosting of the show, there is no you do A, B, C, D, and you get E results. No, uh, <laughs> no that's true. Um, I was, um, so small story to go along with what you were just saying. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually, I was there when Kelsey Ballerini got her record deal, and here's the reason why. Me oh, and well. Bradley in another trio, we were also signed mm-hmm. to Black Rose. We were signed to the mm-hmm. same label as her. Huh. And we got oh, wow. signed to her at um, the Christmas party. Um, so uh-huh. I remember I remember hearing that song before it was ever a hit, thinking, man, that song sounds like a smash. You know, it sounds like a hit. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so just, just to go along with your story, I was it's crazy. It's a small world. I was actually there witnessing all that, you know. Wow. That's really. I, I just love it how when we meet it people. Because again, I, I haven't told that story to any other artists, but it's cool that when you tell a story, all of a sudden it's like there's actually a connection there. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> see, the, the the way we run our show is we have a base set of questions, and then we let the show go where it goes. Wow. Absolutely. Amazing. And so, so I don't. All, I, there are certain things I say on every show, and then there's certain things I say that only on one show. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> now, now, one thing I like to do on our show that I think many people miss is I like to go to. I like to flip the script and go the other way. We talk about the highs. I like to talk about the lows too, because you know a lot of people see the glory, but they don't see the grind. What it really takes to make it at any level in the music business. And I'm going to tell a story that will lead us into this on where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls when they were full-time with music at that time. And one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the sacrifices we have to make, we have to eat different, we have to sleep different, we have to be different. We, she says, we, I can have a bad day today, but if i got a gig tonight, i still got to perform like I had a great day. She goes, the sacrifices yeah. that the family has to make. You, she goes, we can't go to every birthday thing. We can't be at every family. We can't be at everything because we got gigs. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then, then go all in because the only way that, that you'll, those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what yeah. you said? And let's go, let's go there a little bit. Wow, that's, that's really on point. Great answer. It's very accurate. It, it, there's, there's sacrifice that comes with being the center of attention, obviously. You know, like mm-hmm. you, there's so many elements that go into being a successful artist. And like you said a while ago, you know, like, one plus one doesn't always equal 
too, like it does in the real estate business. Um, it doesn't equal anything in the music business. You could have all that, and and if someone doesn't take a and chance, still not make it. it. Yeah, <clears throat> but you have, you have to be willing to pursue that with knowing that you know, hey, look, I might be like, I might be scraping to get rent this month, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. else the situation might be. It, it it takes a special person, I think, and a special attitude to really make it. Um, mm-hmm. I think people, like you just said earlier, I think people perceive what we do as just the show time, but there's so much leading up to the show time. Like she spoke on, you have to eat what you have to eat, you know, to look like an artist, you know, and there are exceptions to that rule, of course, but not everyone sings like Chris Stapleton, you know, or somebody, you know. Yeah. So it's just, um, there's a whole lot that goes into it. Jess, you want to have a time? Um, on our... You know, on a normal day when we're not in a worldwide pandemic, <laughs> um, we, we get up early. Um, usually the first thing we do, we usually have a writing appointment. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll write a song, which, you know, you usually block off three or four hours to write a song. And then uh, then we have to go to the gym. And then we have to rush home and um, get ready for a gig. That's usually how our day goes. And we have to find yeah. time healthy in there we have to find time if we have meetings yeah. we have to find time for that so yeah. really every day is just rushing from from major event to major event and yeah. it can be very exhausting <laughs> we don't really have much of a social life <laughs> so that's definitely a sacrifice that's, that's a good thing that y'all are 24 7 couple because that helps exactly. because, you know that that's one of the issues that i see out there in the real world like when you know with people who have regular jobs so so to speak where they work at nine to five nine to six nine to seven or 60 70 hours a week and wife works 60 70 hours a week well there's a problem there when do they have time to be together yeah uh-huh. yeah so we we talk about what how people feel that work nine to fives and what it's like to have a weekend because sometimes mm-hmm. we usually work seven days a week um <laughs> So we don't really have weekends. Weekends are usually when we're the busiest. Yeah. So I think it's probably really good for our sanity that we are a 24/7 couple. That's right. <laughs> and, and to add on to, the, to add on to our daily schedule, another thing we don't we're our own sound guy. We're our own load-in yeah. team. We're, we're our own load-out team. So we have to bring our own sound system to a lot of the venues yeah. we play. So it's like it's so just picture this like you know how huge the Opryland Hotel is in Nashville. If you know anything yeah. about the Opulent, you know that it's like it's forever long, you know. So a lot of mm-hmm. the gigs that we play, there's a ton of corporate gigs where we have to go through venues like the Opryland Hotel, set up in a specific spot, and, you know, set up all that. So there's a lot of sweat that goes into just getting ready to perform before you can ever actually perform, you know. And then once yeah. you're done performing, you like to go back home and chill, but you, you also have to break down your gear. <laughs> so, and load it up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, it's a long day. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, there's so much. There's so not much for more, the faint of heart. Yes. Um, that goes into a music career than just performing. Yeah. And you can always and talk that's what, those artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I uh, said so you can always spot the artists who are willing to go through that, you know, like, who are willing to pay their dues. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times those they, those people don't consider it paying dues. They just they just wake up and that's kind of in their blood and that's and just do what it. they do. 
you don't complain <laughs> about it. You just and and that's what made me think about the whole thing too. Of um, you know, you, you hear, and I'm sure you've heard this, where pe- where people say an artist just needs to get a real job, and I I hate that term, and I've I've yeah, actually conf- I I've confronted people on that and said, look, um, you don't need to tell an artist to get a real job because they actually got something better, a passion to live for. Yeah. Just because they lost their passion doesn't mean that they need to steal somebody else's passion. And I see yeah. this all – I've got friends of mine, and this is what stealing a passion can do. I've got friends of mine that say 10 or 15 years in their career, so to speak, and they're miserable. And I'm not saying all my friends are, that are but there are some that, are, that, I, that I personally know that are miserable. And you sit down with them, and you're like, well, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family. You've got this amazing career. And there's a couple of them that have told me that the career is the problem. And I'm like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went to four years or six years of school for this. I mean, how can that be the problem? You're, you, know, you should be at the height of your career right now. And, 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 and when there are some of them that are honest with, have told me that, well, this is not really what I wanted to do. I had a passion for X, Y, Z, but everybody said there's no money there. My parents said that this is where the money's at. My friend said this is where the money's at. And up oh, they're going. Oh, the call been dropped. So, and I seen the phone number drop out of the system. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, I, cause I was like, I, I, I bet the call got dropped. Hey, hey. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Where but like I was at? saying, like I was saying, I've got friends that that were that have that passion, and their and their parents, their friends, their coat, and their um guidance counselors all said, No, you need to go over here. That's where the money's at. And now they're miserable. living the life you're still living like we interviewed joe kelly from cdx nashville one of our other podcasts called save the music business podcast and we were talking about that that he says there he says there's a lot of he's the people just don't realize it there's not a blake shelton and a poor in when it comes to music there is things yeah. in between he says I, he said i've got friends of mine that would never sign to a record label he said they're they're making a profit of a hundred hundred and fifty thousand a year but the average person would never know it they're doing music yeah. their way. They're selling enough merchandise. They're selling enough CDs and, and all that, and they're doing the touring and all that. But your average, he said, your average person, because they're not on the charts, yeah. they think they're broke. He said, but they're living the dream because they're doing it their way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good for them. Yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> and that's what's important, doing it your way. Yeah, absolutely. I, n- I never got into this a star either so I feel like my expectations were always kind of level um, I got into this because this is what I do this is what I love I pretty much suck at everything else um, <laughs> if there was a job title where I could just eat Jesse's baking food and get paid for it 
I feel like I could. I, I feel like I could really great at that. Yeah, but, I, I, I've I've always joked with my wife for the years because you know that you know for years she would get she would kind of get upset with me on this, but for 17 years of marriage, we when we're out on the street, we'd run into people, and I'm not talking I'm not talking friends, running into strangers, and if a conversation starts, she knows we're 60 minutes. Period. It, it, it's just going to happen. I, I like to talk. And she would roll her eyes sometimes because she knows when we're about five minutes at a conversation on the street, she knows up. We, I might as well just sit because <laughs> I'm going to talk. And here, and little and I, and I always joke if I could find a way to make money talking, that would be really awesome. But little did I know years later that we that I've had probably thousands of conversations like that through 17 years of marriage that's prepared me to hold 60-plus minute conversations on this phone, on this wow. show. Had that's no idea gift. we were preparing for that. That's a, that's a gift. That's a blessing. That's really cool. Now, Sandy laughs about it now because she didn't think it was a blessing going through that through the years. <laughs> yeah, poor Sandy. But that's, that's definitely a blessing to be able to hold a conversation and, and you know, it's obvious that God gave you that gift for a reason. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I hear you. But, but yeah, it's, um, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. We're here. Okay, okay good. <laughs> you just, that's the one thing about technology. You just, you know, when, when, when we're on the phone, you're on a phone, and we're all connected through a, a, a internet system. <laughs> Anything can. I remember our very first show that we did on January 3rd. Um, we were interviewing um, Ashlyn Grace um, from Nashville, and I remember telling Sandy that morning that I'm not nervous about the talking. I'm like, if 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 um, we will, if I run out of questions or whatever, I can make up something. That's not a big deal on the spot. I've done it all my life. Um, my fear was the technology. You know, I was like, what if it goes out? What do we do? Because it's the first show. And because yeah. like, this is live. This ain't like recorded. This is li- I mean, it's recorded too, but it's live. And yeah. so sure enough, I guess God heard me and says, if that's your biggest fear, let's go on and get that out of the way. Because about <laughs> three, four, five minutes, about three, four, five minutes into the interview with her, uh-huh. it goes blank. And I'm like, hello, hello, <laughs> and I remember and I because we're we're on two different phones here. Yeah. So she, Sandy, comes running into the room. So what's what what happened? I don't know. And then and then Ashlyn texted me and was like, uh, what's going on? I think I got kicked out or something. I was like, hello. <laughs> and finally, we all called back in the system because the blog the blog talk was still live. We all called back in the system and it worked and yeah. worked. And what's the funniest thing about that is a friend of mine who um, I know has done, has done 500 shows on this same software, and I told him that night what happened, and he's like, I have never heard of that happening. Oh, <laughs> man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's only happened once on us. Yeah, wow. just that one time with that. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, I think perfect time to take a small commercial break, and then we're going to play the song that you picked, The Power. 
and then we'll come back and talk about that and other stuff. How's that sound? Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Outside of stuck in the rain ain't letting up I can see it through the window but it just ain't loud enough To drown out the TV Make you hold on little Charles, he's the third co-writer on that song. 
and it just started with an idea about how mm-hmm. exactly what the song says. It's, you know, it's, it's storming outside, and it'd be great if the power would go out so we can just spend quality time together without <laughs> our phones, without Netflix, <laughs> just no quality time together. And then quarantine happened, and that's, you know, <laughs> that kind of probably... So, you think so the song became reality. Wow. Yeah, except for we, we at least had power. Yeah, that's good. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as you know, the, a lot of people, they see the artist, but they don't see the team. And the team never gets recognized. And I've always wanted to be different, so I always want to recognize parts of the team because they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers or managers or anybody that's part of a team. So take a minute or yeah. two and just tell us a little bit about who's on your team. Yeah, man. So I would consider that co-writer, Oscar Charles, to be a part of our team. He's a co-writer on a lot of our stuff, and creatively we fit together. Also, uh, he's a genius producer. He's one of the best in Nashville. And um, other than my wife here, he's my favorite writer in Nashville. Um, Secondly, our manager, Mike Crafty, um, who set this all up, he's amazing. He he goes to work every day for us, and we just love him Hmm. so much. And um, our producer, Paul Worley, who produced, you know, Lady Annabellum and the Dixie Chicks and Van Perry, um, he's on our team, and we love him. Who else is on our team? Um, you know, a lot of people that yeah, share us on. Yeah, uh, yeah, my, I would say both of our parents are so incredibly supportive. Um, oh, that's awesome. Our, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, me and the brothers have wonderful families who mm-hmm. come to our show, cheer us on, and help us, you know, give us guidance. And, uh, of course, our, so our tell us a parent, tell, tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond. I, I always like to hear these because, you know, I think it's special when the parents are really behind the, the artist. So tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond, and you're like, wow. Um, well, my, both of my parents have gone above and beyond for me my entire life. It, they groomed me. They have groomed me since I was a little girl. Um, oh, well. To, what, to know what to expect in this industry, how to be, how to act. Um, they had me in voice lessons really early on. I went to a performing arts high school. Um, I, I went to, um, I, I have a degree in music and in acting um, from Georgetown mm-hmm. College. My mom was my manager before I moved to Nashville. Um, they had me in the lessons. I was always songwriting with both of them. So I don't I think of a specific story right now just because they've been so consistent with me throughout my entire so life to groom me to be prepared uh, you know, for this industry that is really I, I, I love what you said that they groomed you. I love that. <laughs> they definitely we did get to um, open up for her dad twice last year, so, you know, yeah, that, that was really awesome, awesome of him and, you know, letting us have that spot, you know. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> that is really <clears> – that's really awesome. And, and we believe in family, too. Like, like we've seen on your whole page, like your bio, it talks about a family affair. We've always said that about our show. It's a family affair. So we kind of have a third team member. Uh, our eight-year-old son, we always allow him to come on and ask a question to each artist. So we're going to get him on real quick. 
Heck yeah. <laughs> and when Caitlin gets old enough, we'll plug her in too. <laughs> what, okay, what, here yeah. he is. Here's Christopher. Hey, Bucky, Christopher. what's your favorite food? Oh, that's a good question. What that's that? easy. What's your favorite? Oh, that's a good one. My favorite food is cake. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine, mine, would be, mine would be chicken of any kind. I love chicken. And I love flaming hot Cheetos. So I guess it's kind of a tie. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. Pizza that, would, good. that would be top three for me. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Yep, he comes and goes quick. Yeah, he's awesome. And, and, you know, one thing I've learned through the years is that if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, front row seat to to see you live out yours. That's true. Yeah, my my son just thinks of the music industry as something that he's just always, he's always seen. And if I uh-huh. had that mm-hmm. detailed look at it growing up, I just feel like it would have helped so much, but... Um, he yeah. doesn't realize that. I think one day he will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so okay, I what's funny? That... Yeah, go ahead. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I thought of an above and beyond grandparent story. Oh, okay. Oh, what? That's, oh, I love yeah. that one too. <laughs> um. So my my nana, that's my mom's mom. She uh-huh. is the most precious grandmother that you'll ever meet and so when I was a little girl I would go over to her house and I would make her shine a flashlight on me as a spotlight and make her turn off all the lights <laughs> and make her shine a flashlight on me so I could perform for my family and she would always do it she never you know she would sit there for as long as I wanted to perform which was probably hours which was probably a really long time mm-hmm. but she still has that attitude and she's She's one of my biggest supporters. Awesome. She's an angel. Uh, That's my, I love, my grandfather. I, I love that. Cause I love to hear oh, stories. yes. We love it. <laughs> you, you know, and talk about like the nine to five type thing. I'm not cut out for what people would say real job. I've never been that way. And I remember yeah. th- th- there are times to where Sandy has to peel me off the cl- where I'm, I'm I'm ready to jump off the cliff here. You know, sometimes I'm like, we, we, I'm ready for everything to go to the next level. It's not happening fast enough for me, and I'm just ready to go over the cliff. And sometimes she has to peel me down, and sometimes I'll say something crazy like, um, maybe I should just get a regular job, uh, like everybody says. And, and, and she'll bring me back to reality, and, and she'll ask me, well, when is the last time you've had a regular job since we've been married? Because I haven't. Okay. We've done crazy. We, we we've done all these different stuff through the years just to keep us afloat. While we find that one thing that we can dedicate our life to, which we now have found. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it, but we've done all these. We've probably launched fifty different business ideas. Most of them failed, but they made us enough of us going. <laughs> yeah. <the> years. <laughs> but and we try this and try that and try this and try that. So I've never had a real job. As so to speak, of what people would call real job, you know, yeah. and so I'm just don't feel like I, you know, I, I've had friends of mine, like I remember a friend of mine um, recently, uh, I guess a couple of years ago before he passed away, um, he admitted to me, he said that 
he called me up, and this was probably about six months before he passed. And, of course, he didn't know he was going to pass. He just had a heart attack and died. Um, but he calls me up to apologize to me. I think, what, what do you need to apologize for? He, he, he said, he said, he said, there were many times you would call, I see your number, and I, and I would not answer it because I knew it was you. He says, I was jealous that you didn't have a regular job. He said, I was so jealous that I had to bust my butt 80 hours a week. And here it is, you're living life, you're doing it on your terms, and although you do struggle financially, you're still doing it on your terms, and I was so jealous of that. Wow. And <laughs> and so he he finally got convicted that he felt like you know, you know that he had to tell me that, and and then I had a couple other friends tell me the exact same thing, and and I'm sitting there like, well, why is everybody jealous? I was like, we ain't got no extra money. <laughs> the way yeah. we lit up. Yeah. <laughs> we struggle, you know. <laughs> Don't be jealous of our mm-hmm. struggle, you know. Yeah, we do it on yeah. our own terms, and and I wouldn't change it. We enjoy this, yeah. and one day, and one day, all this is going to come together and be what we think it's going to be, you know. But but we, it, we, you know, like my friend Matt, he was telling me one time, our struggles are different. He, he can walk into Walmart, and if he sees something, he can buy it. We walk into Walmart. We see something, we have to plan for it because we don't have extra right now. Um, we pour, yeah. pour everything into keeping this afloat. But on the other hand, he has no time with his wife. I, have, I spend 24-7. So, so where he's sacrificing time to get the little extra money he has, we're sacrificing money to get the time we have. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that, that world as well. You know, I tell friends all the time that I would choose happiness over money any day. Yep, any day. Exactly. Any day. Is that, I love that. Now, if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Can I answer both dead and alive? Can I do that? Because I've got answers yeah, both. Okay. All right, so okay. Uh, it would be um, Ryan Petter from One Republic. I love his music. Um, oh, wow. Dead, it would be Elvis Presley dead because I'm. Oh, that I'm would be awesome. Two, and he, I know he's not a huge fan of um, any of his songs, but um, the family. <laughs> That'd be cool. What about you, Ray? That would be cool. Uh, I, my hero is Paul McCartney. I, my oh, dad, wow. uh, my dad had me listening to the Beatles. Probably the day I was born. Um, but my hero's home, I don't know what we would write about, but it would be something magical and enchanting because <laughs> we're, I, that's his style and that's my style too. <laughs> that's cool. Now I'm about to ask a question, and I have a purpose from the way I ask it, and I'll explain the purpose right after I ask it. Um, and I always okay. say that because I, I want people to think about this. Um, if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way is we've asked, um, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. Her answer is what she's living today. I mean, she knew where she was going. She had that vision, and she was not going to be stopped. She knew exactly where. And I always ask it in this way because I want people to open up and think, okay, what, what can happen? Because, again, unless you have that dream – 
it's not going to happen anyway. You got, especially in the music business. I mean, if you have no dream in the music business, you're just spinning your wheels because you have to have yeah. something to drive, just keep striving for. So if all yeah. bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? Well, for me, my dream is to have made enough music that's touched enough people's lives that has us on the road touring, that has us playing stages like the Opry and um, doing full-time stadium gigs and stuff. I mean, you know, I feel like that's pretty normal, but the most important aspect of all that is I want to make music that lasts. I don't want mm-hmm. songs that go on the radio and then come off and no one remembers them. I want house that yeah. built me kind of, you know, I want that's career-changing awesome. And that's the kind of, you know, when you're a group for nine years, we know what we want to be and we know who we are as a group. And we try to write those songs. Now, it's easier said than done. I don't think I've ever yeah. written a song that to the house that built me, but I'm striving to get there, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's, what I, you know, as far as my career, that's where I see us. I see us successful. Yeah. You know, I see way better off than now. But more importantly, I get to. I also envision that with my family, which makes it so much more beautiful. Um, so I'm happy about that. Most definitely. Yeah, I, I would agree to all of that. I, I would hope that we would, we'll, we'll have some hit songs under our belt as a group. Um, it would be great to have some other artists cut our songs and have on those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. another. That's a big part of our passion. You know, I'm sure we, we've said that several times through this conversation, mm-hmm. but just lie with making our dreams come true. We know how hard it is. You know, like I would mm-hmm. like to get to a point where I'm writing hit songs and I'm pulling in artists that just can't get those doors open to write with us. You know, and I, I want to help people. That would be awesome. I just, you know, maybe once a week even, just to bring in someone that I don't know that would love to write with this group, you know, and hopefully we'll get to the point where we can do that. And I just want to bless someone's life and help them out like the way Paul and Mike are helping us and, you know, the way other yeah. people have helped. Yeah. And see, our, op- our, our, our ultimate vision for our show and really for a whole media company is, is to break artists. I mean, of course, we're not big enough to be considered to do that now, but we want to grow big enough to where, you know what, if someone comes on our show, I mean, it's not a guarantee success, of course, but it really pushes them to another level. Yeah. Yeah, like like it would if it were Bobby Bones or something. I mean, y'all could totally get exactly. That yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that, the goal. You know, Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley, both of them are kind of like where we want to be. In fact, I'm kind of, in a way, Ty Bentley is a little bit of a mentor to me. We we've chatted through yeah. Twitter and stuff back and forth. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. And, and we had his wife on on the show. Oh yes, Corey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very important to have those mentors. We've we've all had those in our lives and still do, you know. <clears throat> and speaking of mentor, um, this kind of goes along with that a little bit. <clears throat> Let's say you had a friend, and this, now this would be pre-COVID advice, of course. Um, but okay. Let's say you had a friend, and you've heard you heard him or her sing, and they have something special. You you you're, you're like you know what? They got something, and let's say they played maybe 20 shows. So they're really still getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on that stage. They've looked at the crowd and the crowd's applauding and they got what every artist feels that stage bug. And they just know they're in the right place. So they come to y'all and they say, um, I feel like they like, I got the stage bug. I feel like 
this is what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um, I think it's really important, first of all, to live um, in the right place. Like if it's country music, then you better move to Nashville. Um, if and we're moving country. there next year. Oh, yay, awesome. Well, we'll have to meet up for lunch. Yeah, oh, good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. this is a, not a hypothetical situation. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. So I'm living in Nashville and pursuing country music, I think, is really important. Um, yeah. Finding mm-hmm. just, just, just getting that experience on stage is invaluable. Invaluable. You can't practicing at home is great, but it is so much different, so much more different to be on stage yeah. singing in front mm-hmm. of people. That's the mm-hmm. There's there's certain things that you just can't skip. You know, you, you you know you can meet someone like a Paul Worley and he can bring you to the front of the line, but there's just certain things that you just can't skip out on. And real stage experience, you can't skip that. You have to you have to have that yeah. confidence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's there's certain things that he might can fudge on and help you, you know, get to the front of the line. But ultimately, I feel like working hard is the most important thing ever. And mm-hmm. also, if I must be really vulnerable, I feel like the biggest mistake I ever made in Nashville early on was is that I judged other people's talent. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a judge, you know, and yeah. I feel like, feel like that got me in a lot of trouble like like I saw a lot of my friends be successful and I was mm-hmm. sitting back not as successful you know and I could have been in on that you know and I feel like yeah take everyone seriously you know that's a good piece of advice I would give someone uh and I, and, and I, I will also, <clears throat> yeah I'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead I was gonna say um I think it's really important to hone in on your sound uh, mm-hmm. and, and find, hone in on what makes you as an artist unique. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to say gimmick, but, you know, what makes you different? What what makes you cool? Unique. Um, it, it's so important to hone in on your sound, I think. It, it, that can take a long time if you're not aware of what you're chasing. Yeah, that's true. And I love I love that. And I remember when we first was starting this show, I have a Nashville friend I asked about what um what advice would he give us as we grow the show and I think that this is perfect advice really for anybody in life, but especially for hosts, artists, anything anybody in the creative field. But I remember him saying that um whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He says because he says you might can do Bobby Bones jokes. You might can do Ty Bentley jokes. He says, but the day will come when Authentic Chris comes out, and, and if you've created any type of fan base, he says, you're going to lose every bit of them because that day will come. And when that day comes, they're, they're going to leave you because they were never attracted to Authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you oh, start wow. and stay authentic from the beginning – then he said, you might grow slower as a show, but you will gain the right audience because it will be attracted to you and, and your personality. Right. Wow, that's great. That's, that's brilliant. And I've never forgot that. That's, that's great. What's funny about that is I remember when we, we interviewed Jeff Coffey uh, a while back, 
and after the interview was over and we, we shared the thing about what, how the show went, he shared it. And I went. I think the next day I went to look any, if he has any comments on it. And I, I remember this one comment that uh, the person said, great interview, but the host was windy. I had to ask Sandy, what does that <laughs> even mean? And I'm like, so I was like, okay, well, that's my authentic self. I'm just being me and I can, you know, I can deal with that. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was crazy. You, you just never know what it people was. are going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So as we yeah as we come to a close here to our last question, um, I always like to finish with this same question because it kind of gives us ideas of where the show can go down the road. And a lot of times, because this is where we built the show around, but what's a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? Oh, that's, that's tough. But you, you're so – you've asked – and ask so many great questions. Yeah, what would you say, Joe? Mm. I, I lo- and I love I that always, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right answer? <laughs> yeah. I always get bothered when people don't, you know, like about the lessons that you learned in Nashville. And you, you've asked that. So that's always one thing I always wish that people would dig into about, like, the bad side of um, being an artist and stuff. And yeah. You, you definitely dig into that. I, I always enjoy um, – talking about my musical influences. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And, and usually I do ask that. You know, it's actually on the list, and somehow I skip yeah. it. Yeah. Who, who are some of your influences? <laughs> um, I, like I said, the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Um, Nora Jones, James Taylor, um, Nia Twain. Uh, oh, wow. I, I grew up with all kinds of music. Um and I and I was I went to school for um, I went to high I went to a performing arts high school so I studied voice so I studied classical mm-hmm. classical music and musical theater as well at school and then when I went home I was you know my parents introduced me to all kinds of music old music mm-hmm. from I don't know the 1930s through present so I just I love a little bit well of everything I just hmm. I, that's awesome. Now, Bradley would tell you, I'll go ahead and answer as if he's here because I know him so well. Um, he would tell yeah. you Garth Brooks. He would tell you anything 90s country. And he loves a gospel group called the Crab Family. In specific, he loves Jason Crab. And um, yeah. he's kind of, a mentor, kind of a mentor to Bradley. Um, for me, oh, wow. I love Elvis. I love Elvis. I love um, Warner Public. I love Bruno Mars. I love Ben Skill. Um, and any really Nani trio, you know, like Domino Rio and all that stuff. Yeah. Class. I love mm-hmm. 19, um, Girl Group. I love yeah. that music, like Green and um, yeah. the Dixie Cups. And I love that. We, we've got a, it all comes yeah. out in our writing. So I feel like, I feel like our writing is very soulful and it's, um, but yet still country. And I think all of our influences get to make it into our writing somehow, which is kind of crazy. Now, talking about writing, yeah, talking about writing, I'll kind of end with this one last question, I guess. Um, this kind of made me think about this. What's 
what, what what's a song that's out right now, at least within the last two years, let's say, that you wish you wrote that? Oh, oh man, that's a great question. That's a really good question. Um, let's see here. Ooh, that's a good one, man. Why would you have to do it like that? Um. In fact, know. that was one of the questions that somebody told us they wish people would ask a, a few episodes back. Yeah, they must yeah. have had an answer. Um, uh, Blue Ain't Your Color, I, I love the lyrics to that song. Um, so <laughs> I think that that's probably within the last couple of years. Um, if Girl Crush was <laughs> with yeah. if that qualifies, Girl Crush would be in my list of songs I wish I'd written. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really cool song, Girl Crush. I like that one. Great yeah. song. It kind of. That's kind of how we like to write, you know, songs like that. Um, I think this is just shy of, I think this is more like almost three years old, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The song by uh, from his most recent album, uh, The Search for Everything, and the song is called You're Going to Live Forever in Me. Hmm. And that, that it just is one of the best songs I've ever heard. Yeah. It, it, it transcends genres. It's just a, it's just a beautiful classic mm-hmm. sounding song. Yeah. And, and I wish I had that song. <laughs> we love Casey. I love. love Casey yeah, she's Wesley. awesome. Oh yes, she Pretty. is. <laughs> and and you know what? I guess as they say, that's a wrap. So tell everybody how they could reach you. Um. Well, they can go to our social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and that's all Brassfield Music. And we also have a website, brassfieldmusic.com. And uh, we have YouTube. And um, we're going to be keeping everybody updated, on obviously, on our record whenever we get it released, whenever we get it done. And uh, mm-hmm. that's, we're getting ready. To, I think we're getting, getting ready to go into the studio probably sometime, maybe the second or third week of June, hopefully. So um, oh, wow. COVID pushed us behind. We would have already had been there, but um, COVID yeah. kind of pushed people behind. So, yeah, um, hopefully really soon we're going to have that done. That is, really, that is really awesome, and we really enjoyed today with y'all, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah. Awesome, Yay. man. Good touch. Great to meet you guys. Thank you so much. And we look forward to meeting y'all when we come to Nashville. We yes. do, yes. We'd love to meet y'all. Yeah. All right, we'll Thanks talk to y'all soon. All right, okay, bye. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today. Go look them up. They're really awesome. Brassfield is their band name, brassfieldmusic.com. Um, they really got some good things going. I really think they're going to be um, a trio to reckon with down the road. And we've got, looks like, two days off unless we squeeze somebody in on Monday, but we for sure are not doing anything tomorrow on Sunday. We don't know about Monday yet, but if not, we'll see you Tuesday.